This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the This Week in Rays Baseball podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks for joining us on our latest podcast. A lot has happened over the course of a short week. So joining us is Eric Neander, a senior vice president and also general manager. Eric, trade made on Wednesday. Tell us how it came together and why you think this is a good deal for the race. Um, we've had a lot of conversations about our starters all winter, and, and, and this is a deal for us that, that, that gave us you know, three players that are very different, but all very talented uh, and at different points in their career. But all three guys are on the way up and, and guys that really fit well into our system, both near-term and, and long-term. So a nice mix of, I think, lesser risk guys that are closer, but also have real upside left. And then uh, in Vargas, a guy that we feel really strongly about that our international staff has been on for some time now uh, that we think provides significant upside, uh, granted with the risk that comes with someone that far away. And we'll touch on each of them, but let's start first with moving Drew Smiley. To me, it shows the confidence that you have in the group that's still here. Archer, Odorizzi, Cobb, Snell, and now Matt Andres, who can do a pretty solid job, and you've got Erasmo Ramirez to give you the depth from a starting pitching standpoint. Yeah, you know, we, we feel good about the, the depth that we have and even, you know, Chase Whitley and, and so on. There's there's a lot there, um, and it's to absolutely take nothing away from Drew. You know, Drew did a really nice job for us, and frankly, I uh, think his best baseball is probably still ahead of him at this point. But, you know, we, we were deep in that area. The interest uh, was strong, and we set out to acquire some guys that we feel really good about and that we value highly, and we were able to accomplish that. Let's start with the guy who's closest to the big leagues because he played there last year in Malik Smith. I think it was clear watching last year when you didn't have Kevin Kiermeyer, there was a drop-off in outfield defense. And we can't address someone who it's been talked about. You've also added, and we can do that maybe next week, but you guys have added, it seems, a lot better speed and defense to your arsenal. How much better do you feel about the outfield defense now than you did a week ago? We feel good. We feel good. You know, I, I think in, in looking at it, oftentimes we have guys that are everyday players that we feel really good about. And then we have other situations where you're doing a lot of mix and matching and you're trying to, to leverage the skill sets of different players in different ways. And to create, you know, a group that together collectively that have power, that can hit lefties, that can hit righties, that can defend, that can be disruptive on the bases and the ability to, depending on the situation, depending on who's on the mound, different things like that, you can really, really take advantage of the strengths of each player. So adding some athleticism, adding some foot speed, uh, was something that, again, um, we've, we've talked about making our group more dynamic, more competitive. Uh, this, was, this was our way of doing it. You know, it was a part of it because it's, it's I think, a winning formula. You know, it can be a winning formula. Um, I think there are many different ways to put together a winning formula. And last year there were opportunities for us to add offense. I, I don't think it was something where we consciously wanted to depart from things we did well in the past. It was more about the opportunities and the types of players that we um, we had the chance to acquire. So this winter it, it so played out that Malik's was someone that was available 
to us at a price that we like that had that skill set. There's certainly exciting players. Uh, there's certainly players that pitching staff certainly appreciates and we appreciate to keep runs off the board. But that's, you know, on the other side, this is someone that can get on base, that can be disruptive and help us score runs too. Ryan Yarborough, Southern League pitcher of the year last year, a left-hander. Is his stuff fairly similar to Drew Smiley? He just gets more ground balls and fly balls. I know he's, you know, a little further away, obviously. He'll probably start the year in, in AAA in Durham. Yeah, we're really excited about getting him. You know, Ryan is someone that uh, is local, you know, that that's from the Lakeland area, um, that's familiar with this area. I think that should help from a comfort standpoint. But more than that, it's about what he does on on the field and on the mound. And, you know, this is somebody that um, is a really, I think, polished strike thrower that can move the fastball in and out and up and down and really, really fills the zone with strikes, has a really good feel for his changeup. And um, the breaking ball is something that's that's in place now. But, you know, you want to see it developed a little bit more probably. He's he's done a heck of a job to this point in his career. Um, and I guess, you know, you could place some similarities on him to Smiley. Uh, given that he does it without overpowering velocity, but a really, really strong field of pitch and ability to throw a lot of strikes. Carlos Vargas is the furthest away of the group. Why do you like him so much? And he's a guy who you could not have signed, correct, under the restrictions you had from the year you got Adrian Rondon? Yeah, Carlos is someone that I think generated a lot of attention down there and was in a lot of events, and you had the ability to see him and evaluate him no matter our ability to to do anything with him at the time as far as our pursuit of him. This is someone that's a, a good-sized kid that we think has the ability um, as he develops his strength and man strength that he's going to carry it well. You know, he has the right type of frame to do that. Very natural hitting instincts, very natural, easy power. And more than all of that, this is someone that, you know, makeup-wise, character-wise, grades out very, very well as well. So when you're talking about someone that's at that part of, of their development that far away and there's so much between where they are at that moment and reaching the big leagues, physical talent needs to be there, but the desire um, and the care for for your craft and to get better is also something that needs to be in place. And, um, you know, our international staff did a, a really nice job of having us in position to know those things about him as well and to make us feel really good uh, that that's in place to, to help him along the way. That's the trade, but you did a little more um, on Wednesday. You claimed Jason Coates off waivers. You DFA'd Dylan Floro. Um, what are the plans for Coates? And if Floro does pass through, is he someone you hope to, to keep in, in the program, so to speak? First on, on Jason, uh, this is someone dating back to TCU that um, has had, uh, you know, has been someone that has had our attention. Someone that is, you know, very professional in the way he goes about things, I think, has done a really nice job of, of making the most of of his skill set and his abilities uh, and someone that frankly I think as time has gone on you've seen him climb the ladder and what he's done you, you feel comfortable betting on him uh, and so you know we were excited to have the opportunity to acquire him uh, a right-handed hitting outfielder uh, that has some power and that um, as the competition has gotten harder more difficult um, more challenging as he's climbed the ladder he's really responded and arguably just had his best season so um, you know to add him to to the mix of guys that we have uh, is something that we felt the opportunity, given the cost, was was absolutely worth worth doing. With respect to Dylan, uh, Dylan did a really nice job last year in the transition to the bullpen, settling in. Uh, what we saw from him at the major league level was someone that that's going to go right after guys, you know, that can sink the ball and and do some things that I think certainly has a chance to play up here. You know, it was a tough decision to make with respect to how to to make room for Jason. That's the direction we decided to go. If if he's certainly if if we're in a position where he clears. And, you know, or we're able to maintain and keep him in the organization, we would, we would be really excited by that and would absolutely remain in our mix in the pen. 
I know this isn't necessarily your purview, but I guess I am. The reason we're not talking to him is he's busy dealing with arbitration. Um, I guess the hope is just to avoid a case. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever, uh, whatever it takes. Um, part of the part of the business, part of the deal, and you know, look, you you, you try to. to to do what's what's fair and what's right by by both sides and and we're hopeful that we'll, we'll be in position to do that over the next couple of days here well those listening closely heard the phone is still ringing for eric neander so we appreciate some time on our latest podcast thanks neil well we certainly thank eric neander joining us and we also thank andy freed for joining us as well dave wills is out in the uh in the caribbean enjoying a cruise so we're cruising on moves and lots of them andy i mean what was your take when malik smith uh was acquired in the deal for drew smiley and Eric couldn't talk about, but also the report that Colby Rasmus is on the way and probably becomes official next week. I mean, I, I like them in theory, certainly. I can certainly understand what the Rays are doing. I love, boy, you remember, I remember, we all remember what it was like when the Rays had some speed. And that was one of the big separators for the Rays in the good years. I mean, the, the threat that what Carl could do on the bases and the threat of what BJ could do on the bases. And it wasn't just them. It was so many guys on the roster, there was always a threat of a stolen base. Jason Bartlett could steal a base when he needed to. You know, Evan, when he first came up, mm-hmm. could steal some bases. Matt Joyce could steal some bases. So I, I think it always puts a little tension on the other defense. So if Malik Smith can hit a little bit, and that's you know what's been asked of him, that he's not been able to do full-time in the big leagues, although he has a pretty good pedigree in the minors that we yes. saw. And if his thumb's okay and he's healthy, if he can just get on base, and I understand that he does draw some walks, and that's good. Get him on base, create some havoc, put some pressure on the defense. It's amazing over the course of time when you see the teams that have speed. Even if it's not stolen, it's the threat of the stolen base. And then, of course, you'd like to see him actually steal some, too. That can really provide some, some you know, plus to your offense because this, this offense is going to have to chip in together. No doubt. And, and I look at the other piece of this, the defense. I mean, we talked about it ad nauseum during the year and even during the offseason, Andy. I mean, aside from Kevin Kiermeyer, this was not a great team defensively in the outfield last year. Isn't that surprising, too, when you think of what, what has made the Rays so good uh, over the years? Is, you know, the, the balls did not get through the alleys. I mean, they didn't get through Carl and B.J. in left center field. They, they mm-hmm. just didn't. It, it had to be the perfectly hit ball to get a, a ball into left center field to the fence. So I love the fact that we're adding some, some defense here. I mean, Kiermaier already covers so much ground. Uh, he play, well, we say he plays from left center to right center. Uh, so if, if he's healthy, and then you can put some other guys now that can cut those balls off in the alley. I mean, I, I, was, I love Corey Dickerson on this team, but I was not very impressed with what he was able to do in the outfield. So I like the fact that, you know, Rasmus, if he's healthy, if he officially signs uh, and passes physicals, that's going to help. Uh, you know, Steven Sousa Jr. is a very good right fielder. I mean, uh, suddenly this outfield becomes a little bit better. Uh, and it matters. You know, we, we all look at the stats of home runs and runs and all that stuff. But, man, you just don't win in this league if you're not a good defensive team. Every team that's in the playoffs, almost every team, is a plus defensive team, or so it seems. And not just up the middle. You know, if you're just adequate at a certain position, the ball always seems to find you mm-hmm. in a big moment. So I, I like cutting baseballs off in the alleyways and turn doubles into singles and turn triples into doubles and turn medium fly balls into outs. Uh, that to me, you know, we have such a, an incredible outfielder in center field in Kevin Kiermeyer. I mean, when, when, when he's out there, the whole field looks different, that it would be a shame to have 
deficits at other parts of that outfield to not take true advantage of what could be an incredible outfield defensively. No doubt, and that helps the pitching staff. And before we get to that, I mean, adding Smith and Rasmus also give you the depth in center field that maybe you didn't have last year. I mean, when Kevin went down, I mean, there was a noticeable drop-off. Maybe there's less of a drop-off if, you know, you don't want Kevin to be hurt at any point, but if he needs a break at some point to have a Malik Smith available. Yeah, and, and as you say, less of one, that, that's really the key phrase. There's always going to be a drop-off uh, if, if King Meyer is not out there. Let, let's hope he doesn't. You know, I, I read one article that said he's injury-prone. I, I can't say that I agree no, with that. No. I, I don't think he's an injury-prone. That was a freak injury when he hurt the thumb going after a baseball in Detroit, and he did hurt uh, his, uh, which was it now? I forgot if it was his right or his left sliding into the base. Was it the year before? He, had, you know, he wore the oven mitt thing. Uh, but he played through a lot of pain, too. I don't see him as an injury-prone guy. You know, Kevin's in really good physical shape and takes that very seriously. And, you know, I, I just don't see him as an oft-injured guy. I think just something happened. You know, it, it, during the – you know, we forget how fast this game is played, and he plays it at an extremely fast level. So he heard us, you know, injured his thumb. It, it wasn't like a nagging hamstring or anything like that. And this guy's playing half his games on – you know, the, the most difficult service in all of baseball. So I don't see him as injury-prone. That being said, you do need some sort of backup because he's not going to play 162. No doubt. And part of this is, look, you have the depth from the starting rotation. I mean, Drew Smiley was a guy with a 5 ERA, and you got three guys that the Rays think can help them at some point. Um, and beyond the fact that you traded Drew Smiley, you kept Chris Archer, you kept Jay Coderizzi, you keep... Alex Cobb, Blake Snell, and Matt Andres. And let's not forget, Erasmo Ramirez can start, Chase Whitley can start, and there's some other kids who are probably pretty close to being able to help, too. You know, it's interesting, too. They, they traded Drew Smiley, which is not a surprise, after, I mean, is it me? He had a really disappointing yes. year. I, I'm kind of impressed that the Rays were able to get what they got back. I mean, it seems like it really took some orchestration to get uh, Malik Smith from the Braves to the Mariners and the Mariners to the Rays. You know, it ostensibly was a three-team deal for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Smiley, we really thought was a top-of-the-rotation guy. And, you know, I think a lot of – I always think of the conversation that we had in Baltimore with Joe Madden after the Rays got him. And we said, you know, is this guy like a, you know, a middle-of-the-rotation guy? And he goes, we think he could be the ace of his staff. And, the, you know, he had the shoulder injury. It was good that he stayed healthy. Um, yeah, I think he had some really good qualities, but he could not keep the ball in the ballpark. And it got to the point where he could not last in games. Uh, he's good stuff. I, you know, there's still pretty high ceiling for Drew Smiley, but you know, ultimately, admit, look, maybe he raised, maybe he raised his level too high when he first got here, and it looked like he was going to be that the guy that the Rays thought. But ultimately, the Rays ended up, in my mind, kind of trading him low, and and I'm glad that they were able to get something back for him while not having to ultimately pay what the salary was going to be. And obviously they feel confident that Matt Injuries can be better than Drew was last year. And then you got a kid in Ryan Yarbrough who was the Southern League pitcher of the year in AA. He probably starts in the rotation in AAA, so he's pretty close to being able to help you too. Sounds like it. And, you know, we got to keep that, pop, uh, that pipeline of pitching coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's names that we keep hearing about all throughout, whether it be Schultz or Stanek or Faria and, and on and on. Guys are going to be a big part of this. This team is in need of pitchers, and it's not necessarily starters. And some of these guys could turn out to be pretty good relievers. Um, and that, that's how most relievers end up coming to be anyway, is guys that, I don't even want to say failed starters, but uh, starters that, for whatever reason, it, it wasn't going to work out in, in that role with that team, so they become relievers, and next thing you know, they're 
the really important guys. I mean, how many do you have to name here? J.P. Howell, Wade Davis, Alex Colome, on and on and mm-hmm. on. They've become really good relievers with long careers. And, you know, I think we can put to bed the, the theory that, uh, that the guys don't want to be relievers anymore because um, you can make an awful lot of money in this game by being a talented reliever, and there never has been quite a spotlight on bullpens as there is and will be going into this year. Yeah, we've seen that with the signings of Kenley Jansen, Araldis Chapman, and so on and so on. Obviously, yes, lots of money, especially when you're doing it at the back end of ball games. And the other thing that I think is important to note is this is a snapshot during the course of the year. We're still at January the 12th. I still expect a lot of movement. I think next week um, we'll probably be going to be talking on this podcast, hopefully with Colby Rasmus, but more so I think the Rays are going to do something about the bullpen over the next couple of days and, and weeks to come. Yeah, we've talked about it quite a bit, that the, that bullpen's got to get better. And you know, for the first time, you know, I'm starting to see a little bit of it take shape. Um, you know, and, and you hope that they have some things in the pipeline. I'm not even talking about within the organization, but hopefully out of it too. You, know, you start to hear some rumors here or there that there could be some things on the horizon. And, you know, you're right. It's only January 12th. Um, but I, I, my internal baseball clock is kind of messed up right now because everything is starting so early. I think this is going to be a, a spring training, not just necessarily for the Rays, and maybe not even the Rays, but across the league where there are going to be guys signed during, during camps. Uh, so it, it's going to take you know, a little while for this thing to get shaken out. There's a lot of guys still available in the market, especially you know, hitting-wise, but there are some pitchers too. And, look, we know, we know just from watching the team that the bullpen needs to be improved. You can guarantee that the front office not only knows it, but is, is working rather diligently to get some guys that have some experience into this bullpen. So I would hope within the next couple of weeks that will happen. And then, my goodness, spring training basically is a month away. You got it. Andy, thanks very much for the time. Certainly appreciate it. Neil, thank you always. Appreciate Andy. Appreciate Eric Neander for joining us on our latest podcast. Next week is the Winter Development Camp, so we'll have some interviews from there. Looking forward. We'll also probably hear from Colby Rasmus, assuming he passes his physical. That and more coming up. Again, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.